So in today's episode, I'm going to be covering a topic that came up in one of my sessions on my Ask Me Anything in our Facebook group. And that is, how do you cope with the fluctuating workloads that you get? So your staff aren't left to sit around doing nothing when you've got no work for them, and they're totally overwhelmed when you've got work on. How do you actually have a business that can cope with that fluctuations and get the capacity right within your team. And I'm gonna give you five tips that we use in our business to be able to do this really effectively. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Okay, so the problem of having enough work for people, but then not being totally overwhelmed when work comes in and you're now busy is something that we've had to cope with. And most business owners that I've spoken to have to deal with that sometime in their business. One of the biggest challenges that I've seen people um, have or the mistakes they make is they take people on maybe on a full-time role, but they're not really have enough work for them. So they then stop paying them for those full-time hours because they're maybe on a contractual basis, maybe it's a virtual assistant. And then that person leaves because you're not basically living up to your side of the agreement. The other on the alternative side that you employ them full-time, you pay them for a full-time wage, but then they're sort of sat around twiddling their thumbs and you're basically paying them for doing nothing or for probably surfing social media and doing whatever they want to do because you're not giving them any work. So neither of those scenarios are really ideal. They're either going to lose you your brilliant staff who hopefully are good, they're, you know, they're working with you and you're training them up and then you're not giving them enough work so they have to leave and find work elsewhere. Or what sometimes happens is they have to take on other jobs and start moonlighting and therefore they're not really engaged with your work anymore and you're not, they're actually being a really active part of your team or alternatively just wasting money and throwing it down the drain by paying someone to do nothing. So here's the five solutions that I've come up with and used in our business to try to overcome those uh, real problems that people have with this. So the first tip is to systemize as much as possible of what you do each day so you can give people work. And any time that you have a period where you haven't got that much work on is not to sort of take a holiday and sit back, although obviously you need to do that from time to time, but to invest that time into creating systems. So when I talk about systems, I mean about creating documentation. So your operation manuals, your SOPs, your standard operating procedures, so that people can do all the work that you currently do so you don't have to do it. And that means you have got work for people to do. So the more of that you do, the more work you can give to people. And you know, at really busy times, you can always take a bit back to free up your staff or whatever. So you can have that slight and um, easier way of delegating work out to free up your time. But obviously then you've got the choice of who does it because you've got it documented and you can give it to other people. So on that note, but who do you give it to? So if you hire someone full time, then that may be more than you need for most of the time. But there are times when you need that person full time. So you've got to get this balance right. And this is one of the arts of, of hiring, especially when you're doing uh, hiring contractual people, say virtual assistants, is to be able to, to gauge you know, how many hours do I actually need this person? So you can either guess and go, okay, you know, I need someone for 20 hours and you hire them, then you, you get it right or you don't. Or you can be a bit more flexible with it. And this is what I did in the early days. Is that I didn't really overthink this. 
I didn't take anyone on full time. I just said to them, I'm going to give you approximately 10 hours a week. It may be a bit more. It may be a bit less. Um, if that job role grows and I can give you more hours more consistently, I'll see if you're available and we'll, we'll you know, we'll fit that into, into your schedule. And nine times out of 10, actually, from experience, people do want the extra work because they will, give, they will be able to take that capacity. Um, but then it was mo- much more, without being a, sorry, without being a total fixed amount of hours, then it didn't matter if some weeks it was only five hours and some weeks it was 15, because that's what we'd agreed from the start. And that may seem like a really simple, oversimplified solution, but it actually works. People are out there, virtual assistants, um, PAs, you know, admin people that are really happy to do a few hours a week. My PA typically does about three hours a week for me. I'm not her only employer. She has other people that she works for. And that's totally cool as well. I don't mind that because that's the arrangement that we've got. And then from time to time, I say, you know, I've got a load of work coming up and really need you to help. Could you block out a bit of extra time? And she'll fit it in if she can. If she can't, obviously, then that's fair enough. And But if she can, then she'll put the time aside and she can do some extra work for me. So having that flexibility in your staff can be about sim- simply about how you engage with them and not actually saying a fixed number of hours, whether that's five or 50, you know, being a bit more flexible in that contract and just appreciating it may need a couple of people to be able to cope when you do have fluctuations in workload. And a really good example of this is graphic design, web development, those sort of sorts of projects and those tasks often don't happen every single day. You know, if you're not, if you're a big business, then of course they do. But if you're a small business, then those sorts of things are stuff you do from time to time. Like you create a new, you know, lead magnet. So you're creating a new um, infographic or you're doing some new designs for your website or someone's doing some backend web development for you. And it's stuff that may happen, you know, once a month or maybe once every quarter. But you know, if you have to go out and find a new person every single time you want that work done, then you're going through the whole motions all over again. So what typically happens is that you'll find somebody for doing a project. You'll arrange with them and say, look, I've got this project work for you. It's going to take you, you know, X amount of hours roughly, or you figure it out between you. You employ them for that. But then you don't just say goodbye, see you later. You say, look, I'm going to have some more work coming up in the future. Can I give you a shout when you when you you know when that happens? And I promise you, they'll say yes because they're going to be wanting the work because that's what they're used to. They're used to working on you know small projects or maybe some ongoing projects. Like my web developer at the moment, I've got on a on a three to six month uh, provisional contract because we've got loads of work for him. And so he actually is going to be working with me every day for about five hours a day for the next three to six months. And that's what we've arranged. But he's been working ad hoc for me for, I can't remember how long, six months up until now. But then now we've got some more work. He's available. We scheduled it in. So as some of his other ad hoc clients, he's finished with them and he's now committed to working with us on a more regular basis. So when you develop these relationships, you can have those people there and just, just talk with them and say, look, I've got this fluctuating work. It happens every three months or whatever. Um, can you fit that into your schedule? And as, if, as long as you stick to your side of the agreement, the likelihood is they will too because they're desperate for the work. So that's another. That's at number two. That's the, the second way. So being sensible about your about how you hire people and the arrangements you have with them. Number three is about creating 
ongoing projects. So when you employ someone, you may say, oh, I'm going to employ you as a, an admin person. You're going to be doing bits and bobs for me, answering my emails for me, uh, doing some updates, uh, simple updates on my website, maybe a little bit of social media posting. And you give them, you know, a couple of hours a week or maybe, you know, a couple of hours a day even of work. But you can also get that person to have longer term projects. So you spend, you know, half a day planning a project together. What is it that they could do to actually um, have work ongoing when there's not so much day-to-day -day work for them to do. So things that I've done really successfully um, in this, improving our SEO, for example, our search engine optimization. So looking at, say, our YouTube channel, doing some reading and re researching. I'll talk about that in a second, about, about, about professional development plans. That's going to come next. But about so they can go in and do some SEO work. It doesn't matter if the SEO work's not done. It's not going to break our business if we just sit and you know, remain where we are. But it's something that can be incrementally done you know, when there's capacity in the team for doing it. Same way of looking at your content. So you know, we produce loads of content, whether it's these, doing these live videos, for example, or doing little blog posts. We've got loads of courses. So we've got loads of content that we can actually use and then repurpose. So stick it out there, maybe a snippet of a video, put it out on social media, maybe do a bit of transcription and get someone just to jig it around to make a blog post. Um, you can create some infographics based on like these five points I'm just giving you now that would create a great infographic. So I might get my, my uh, team to do this when they've got a bit of capacity. So content repurposing is something that doesn't need to be done every day. So when you've got a downtime in your, in your or a, a quiet period in your business, you can get your team to actually start doing some of that. Other things yeah, sort of related to content repurposing is getting our graphic designer to make some templates for us that we can use when we're doing quote cards and other types of social media posts. So when they've not got a lot of work on, they do that. And I even trained up or got my my general virtual assistant who was doing a bit of social media scheduling for me. And actually she seemed to be like the idea of doing some graphic design. She'd never done it before, got her into Canva. She had to mess around with it. After a couple of months, she's got really good. So she's the person now that does it. So, and this moves swiftly on to my next uh, point. So this is point number four, I think, which is about creating a professional development plan for each and every one of your staff. It doesn't matter if that person is working for one hour a week or 50 hours a week. You need to be improving that person so they can add more value and so they can actually do more things. So that example I just gave you about my, um, well, two of them actually. Firstly, the example I gave you about the SEO. So I got one of my virtual assistants to do a uh, free course that uh, um, Neil Patel had put onto YouTube about improving your YouTube channel. I got them to go through that course, create like a note, so this is what we need to do to improve it. And then they could just dip back in and do a bit of that when they had a bit of capacity. Same with um, Von and creating the graphic design. It's like, go away and have a play. She also has trained herself to do um, video editing. She does all my video editing now. She's trained herself to do uh, social media posting. She's been on loads of training courses that we've we, we purchased about social media, about Facebook. Um, she's doing some um, stuff now uh, looking at YouTube as well. And so she's basically just been, been trained up over the course of the past year to be able to do lots more things. So now she has loads of stuff she can do. Most of that 
isn't mission critical. So when I need her to do some some work, like say we've got a load of video editing for some new YouTube ads or something, that's the mission critical stuff. That's stuff that just comes out of nowhere or in a planned way, obviously, but it sort of comes up, needs to be done. And all that other stuff that she's doing can be parked and, and sat to, to, on the wayside while she works on the immediate need, the highest priority task. And then when those tasks are over, and like video editing is a time consuming task that happens periodically, that stops that stops being done. And then she can carry on with doing a bit more SEO, maybe create some more templates, doing a bit more content repurposing. And that's all stuff that can just happen as and when. So it's that combination of the two, training your team up. And that could be, like I said, for graphic design, video editing. It could be about creating systems, about process mapping. It could be about um, becoming a master at your CRM, you know, how uh, being really good at how you're, you're tagging your clients, about doing um, lead scoring, about setting up your uh, proper unsubscribe pages. There's so much stuff you can do in your CRM and your email marketing that you just haven't got time to do. So get your staff to become experts and then just make sure they're then creating documents for what they're doing so that then when they leave that someone else can then pick up where they left off. Um, social media management, I mentioned before as well. And automation. So, you know, using automation apps, so API stuff, so Zapier or Integromat, you know, they take ages to actually figure out and even longer to actually set up properly. But they can really, you know, help you scale your business if you can automate parts of it and just streamline stuff. But it's the time invested in doing that that is just the killer and stops most small businesses from doing it. So I actually made a rule myself that I'm going to stop ever getting involved in Zapier. Well, I say ever, there's, ne there's never and ever. But, you know, mostly stop getting involved with Zapier and Integromat, which are like API connection tools for making things talk to each other and automating your business. Because of such time drains, it's not that I don't see the value in it. It's just that I think that somebody else, um, my time is more valuable than doing that. I can pay someone else to learn how to do it and to then figure it out and maintain it and set it all up. So creating your professional development plans for each and every person, finding out what they love to do, what they want to learn more about, and then building a plan around that is even better because then they are excited about learning new stuff and they'll actually be better at it and they'll be more productive and quicker at doing stuff because it's doing stuff that they love. And the tip number five, which is probably the biggest, it's the holy grail almost of these tips about how do you cope with fluctuations in workload in your business. And that is to eradicate the fluctuations in your workload of your business. And that's easier said than done, I do realize. But it isn't something that is impossible. It's about making a choice now to what your future life is going to be like. And you're, you have a choice about the way you deliver your services, about what services you offer people, about how much you do for people, and about what that means to the fluctuations in your workflow. So if you're the type of person that doesn't want to have to deal with up and down workloads, then try to mold your business into something that doesn't have them. And that's what I chose to do to have a much more consistent lifestyle was to actually create a business which actually I control the amount of work that I do by choosing what I do for my clients and about the type of work that I take on. And one of the biggest lessons I learned about this type, this this very point is about the ability or the the willingness and the confidence of saying no to people. So being able to say no to new ideas that don't fit in with your lifestyle choices and about your your life plan, that is probably one of the biggest ways of not 
getting overwhelmed and not having those fluctuations is because it is in my plan, then I'm not going to do it. And therefore, I know what I am going to do because I've already decided that um, in, the, in the past. So that's it. That's my five tips. Systemize as much as possible. Create ongoing projects that can be parked and, and carried on as needed. Create professional development plans for all of your team. Hire staff on an ad hoc basis. Be really clear about the arrangement from the outset. And also think about changing your business model to suit your lifestyle and your needs so you avoid those fluctuations ever happening. Now, the result, if you do all these things, is that you will have happier employees who will be constantly improving their skill sets and then adding more value to your business. You'll build flexibility into the capacity of your team and you'll be ever improving your business as a result as people be working on things in the quiet times to just make everything work better. So I hope that's been helpful. If it has, please hit subscribe and please leave me a comment on your favorite podcast channel to let me know if you enjoyed this episode and what you got from it. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.